Hello. I'm so excited once again to share another podcast with you this week. I've thought a couple different things um, as I've listened to other podcasts myself and read some books and talked to some friends. I actually am thinking about changing some things up with my podcast and not because anybody in particular suggested it, just because I'm going to try something new. So before I do that, uh, this week, I did want to talk about a couple different things. And then at the end, I'll share with you a little of the ideas that I had, some of the changes I wanted to make. And if you decide to stay with me, great. Um, I'm excited to have you join me, continue to join me on my journey of learning to love myself. All right, so I realized last week that I did not have a quote prepared, and as I was thinking about what I wanted to share with you all today, I thought a lot about self-worth. And in my past, the, the uh, older version of me, which really is the younger version by years, um, used to put a lot of my self-worth in how other people saw me, what other people reflected to me, what other people thought of me. And I realized that when I lost people in my life, I allowed my self-worth to go with it. And so I just wanted to share with you a quote about self-worth that I find is very helpful to me. Um, this quote did not have an author on it, so I apologize. Well, actually, to be really honest with you, I was looking at a a lot of quotes on self-worth and it looked to me like a lot of the quotes were directed towards women in general. And I know that women do struggle with self-worth, but I also know a lot of men in my life that struggle with self-worth as well. And so this quote is dedicated to everyone and anyone who may struggle with self-worth. So I looked at all these different quotes and none of them seemed to really ring true to me and what I wanted to share with you all. So I kind of changed a little bit of one quote that I read and took out some words. And so I guess basically you can say this is a quote by me, unless you find it otherwise, and then I don't want to take credit for something that somebody else has said. So let me get to the point. Here's the quote. You don't find your worth in things or in other people. You find your worth within yourself. I love that because I define so much of my self-worth based on my environment and based on the people in my life. And when I was able to drop that belief and decide to love myself and honor myself, I actually found a lot of my self-worth. I still struggle with it, obviously, uh, because there's times that based on circumstances or what people say or do, those that I'm really close to that I love will affect me. And sometimes not in a positive way. I find that sometimes I start to feel a little less of a person than what I originally had felt about myself. But then I remind myself of the past and how I used to think. And I quickly dash away that false belief and go back to what I know is really true. Is that I carry my self-worth inside me. And that I get to define I get to put a definition on what my self-worth is and no circumstance and no person can unless I let them, right? Excuse me. So I wanted to share with you that thought about self-worth. So going forward, I wanted to share some miracles that happened in my life. 
around the time, well, let me back up because I promised you all I would tell you about my nursing career and how it came about. <clears throat> so I feel like it, it is owed a little bit of an explanation. I've noticed in my past that I've always had this thread of the medical field intertwined somewhere in my thinking or in my actions or in my life. And when I went away to college, originally, I went away for my parents because they wanted me to. And in all honesty, when I graduated from high school, I didn't really want to go to college. But I also didn't know really what I wanted to do. I kind of enjoyed the freedom of not having to study and write papers and take tests and live on somebody else's timing. But I went away to college um, because my parents highly encouraged me to. And so I agreed with them that I would try it out for a short period of time. Um, And so I did. I tried college out for two semesters, which isn't terribly long, I know. But I decided it just wasn't for me. And so I went back to my old job in retail and thought after a little while, you know, after the, after the fun wore off and all my friends in high school that I graduated with started going away to college for good, I came back home and I thought, wow, I can't, I can't live like this forever if I really want to do something with my life. So I thought, okay, maybe college was the way to go. And because I didn't really like school, I thought, well, what is the quickest, fastest way to get through my education into something that I like, but I don't have to put a lot of effort into? So I looked up a medical program, which was the EMT program at a community college, and I decided to just do that because it was only a couple months long. I thought, wow, that that really wouldn't be hard and I can work as an EMT. So I went through the course, absolutely loved it, and uh, got on with a volunteer ambulance crew and also with a volunteer company. And when I was working at the ambulance crew, one of the people I was working with said, hey, you should come up to the hospital and, and work up here. And I was like, well, there's nothing I can really do with an EMT degree. And they said, no, 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 there there is. Let me get the application for you. You just fill it out. I'll turn it in and give you a good word and let's see what happens. I honestly had no idea what I was applying for, but it became like the best decision in my life. So long story short, I interviewed for the job and I remember one of the questions the manager asked me was, well, you have no experience. How do you even know how you're going to do here? And I said, look, you're absolutely right. I have no experience except for this short little experience as an EMT. Give me six weeks. If I am not living up to the standards, if I'm not learning my job, if I'm not doing well, if I'm not succeeding, you can literally kick me out that door. Just promise me you'll give me a pillow to land on. <laughs> And they laughed and I was hired. Uh, It's really hard or it used to be really hard to get into the medical field back then. It was who you knew and with all the certifications, but mostly who you knew. And you had to have some experience. I had nothing going into it. Well, it ended up being by far one of the best jobs I've ever had in my life. I ended up being a technician in the emergency department and I worked there for three years, just about. I'll tell you, some of the things that I got to see and experience and be a part of are stories that I cannot make up. It is crazy. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of trauma at that time. That hospital was a trauma center and I had a blast. I absolutely loved my coworkers. I worked hard at what I did. I loved what I did. We as technicians averaged anywhere between 10 and 12 miles on a shift easily within eight hours because our responsibilities were to transport patients between the emergency department and getting x-rays and CAT scans and MRIs to 
sending the blood work up to the laboratories um, and microbiology to helping um, run EKGs, uh, helping with CPR if needed, getting patients in rooms, uh, drawing blood, helping the doctors and nurses. So there was a quite a bit of responsibilities where I was on my feet the whole entire time. It's a physically, physically exhausting job, but I loved every bit of it. And the day that I quit and walked out because I was moving out of town, I cried from the moment I walked out of the, that emergency department and never turned back all the way out to my car. And I thought, man, I love this so much. While I was working there, the nurses would say to me, Jenny, why don't you do more with your life? You've got so much more to you. And I was like, nah, I'm not as smart as you guys. I couldn't do what you did. And they said, no, you are absolutely smart and we are willing to help you along your path of going to nursing school. And I had a lot of people supporting me. And, you know, that's where the idea was planted. I never gave myself enough credit to think that I could do much with my life. Even some of the doctors I talked with, why don't you go to med school? Nah, that's not for me. I'm not smart enough. But secretly in the back of my mind, ever since I did a fifth grade science project for my teacher, I believe her name was Mrs. Cunningham. She loved science and so she had us do projects. I did mine on the human heart uh, where I talked about the human heart and how it functioned and, and the importance of it in your body and that kind of stuff. And at that time, computers and computer programs were still very new and this is one of the first programs that uh, had a 3D version model that you can show on the computer screen where you can rotate the heart around and show the different functions. I thought it was amazing. And from that point on, I thought, wow, that would be so awesome to be a heart surgeon. I've always found the heart to be so fascinating, the human heart. It's very basic, yet it's very complex at the same time. It's a pumping mechanism with an electrical currency. There's the manual and the electrical, you know, so there's so much to it. And I've always found it really fascinating. And so uh, fast forward, you know, I'm sitting there thinking like, yeah, I kind of believe my coworkers, but no, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I don't like school. I just can't do it. Well, after I had my first child and I stayed home, I thought, wow, there's got to be more to me than than where I was feeling emotionally at that time. I felt like I had more to give, more to do in my life. And I wanted to go to school. I really was going to go to uh, nursing school at that point, but I'd moved out of state. I was newly married and um, I couldn't find how we could afford putting my now ex-husband through school and myself through school financially. So I decided that um, I asked him that, hey, once we get you through school and you're settled down in a career, would you be willing to financially, emotionally, mentally, physically support me through nursing school? And he said yes at that time. So I put it away, but I thought about it over the years. I talked to my friends about it. I talked to my friends who went through nursing school and friends that were nurses, and it just continued to light that fire inside me to become a nurse, not honestly really knowing what it would take. And so once my ex-husband graduated from college, we moved across the country and he started his job. And so I, again, brought up the conversation about going to school and I just couldn't figure out why I couldn't make it work. I think a lot of it had to do with myself, but there was other uh, circumstances. I didn't have family around to help me babysit the kids. I, you know, I could have figured out the money thing. I was willing to take out loans. That wasn't a big deal, but it was really the biggest thing was how do I get, how do I find people to watch my kids? And we were living in a place that really wasn't extremely safe. I had to be extremely picky on who would watch our kids and everybody else had to work around there too. So when I decided to permanently separate from my now ex-husband, 
after I found out about the affair, the first thing I said to myself is, I'm going to go back to school and be a nurse. I have not done anything for myself in so many years. I've put my husband before me. I put my children before me. These were my thoughts. So um, when I went back to him after being separated, actually I tried going back to community college um, back home when I stayed with my parents during the separation. I tried admitting into a community college there when I went back to my ex-husband. We separated a couple different times. I actually went and saw a counselor over there at the school, got into classes, and I was in line ready to pay for the tuition and books. And I had this really strong feeling, don't do it. And I walked away and I started crying and I thought, why? This is my dream. This is really what I want to do. This is my passion. And then I ended up permanently separating from my ex-husband, who was my husband at the time, and came over, stayed with my parents, and it was literally miracle after miracle after miracle. I went down to the community college, applied, and started school promptly after. I was taking night classes um, so my parents could help me watch my kids when they were home in the evenings and I could be at home during the day and run kids around to school and everything else and be accessible to them. So I was taking one to two classes in the evenings and starting out almost back at square one. This is the same community college that I had tried a semester, semester and a half of, and not the same original college. I've I've kind of gone to a couple different community colleges, but one that I went to... Um, and took just fun classes, but they kept my um, credits, and it was this smooth entrance back into school. So I started night classes, did really well, and got through um, most of my prereqs, prerequisites for nursing. I had to take it at a little slower pace I because I could only take one to two classes in the evening because of the times that they were um, available and when I was available to go, but there was this particular community college for the nursing program had certain requirements to get in. It was, they look at your grade point average in anatomy and physiology, biology, chemistry, um, statistics. So there's, I think about six or so classes that they take your grade point average and they give you a point Uh, so many points per your grade point average. So let's say if you got a 4.0 in your class, you'd get the maximum of three points or something. And then it would go down from there. A B would be two points and a C would be one point. It was on a point-based system. You had to have either volunteer work or work experience. I didn't have any of that. And so I was starting to add up my points based on what they were allowing. And I was like, oh man, I've got to do stuff. So I went back to my old job where I was an EMT and they let me in to volunteer for a few months. So I got my hours into volunteer. I was taking night classes and then um, I remember finishing up a couple of classes and thinking, well, I have no work experience. What am I going to do about that? I need those points. So along with taking those night classes, I also took a class to get my CNA certification And those were all night classes as well. And then once I got my CNA certification while going to school, I got a job for a short period of time and I was working graveyard shifts. So I'd stay up all night, stay up, take my kids to school, sleep during the day, and then, or no, take my kids to school, go to school. I don't remember. A lot of this has fuzzed in my brain, but I was working, going to school, and taking care of my kids. And it was just crazy how, to me, things just, when I needed something to happen, the door was open. It just opened for me. It it became so easy. It was like, okay, I've got to do this step. And that step, that door opened up for me to take that step forward. I needed volunteer work. I contacted the lady 
at the hospital and I got right in to volunteer. I got my volunteer hours right away. And then it was, well, I need to get work experience. So the, the door to go through the CNA class opened up, did that, and then I got a job and that opened up right away. And then it came to all I had was a couple classes left. I was in my stats class and then I think a psychology class. And I was thinking, okay, I have this all planned out. Next semester, I'll apply to the program and then I can start um, in the fall or whatever. So I'd have to wait six to eight months, something like that. And somehow a couple people ended up dropping out of the nursing program and there was some openings and they put a notification that even if you are in your last class or so of the nursing program, you can apply to the program and get in the next semester. And I thought, wow, I'm just going to try. I'm just going to try and see. And they actually accepted me pending that I would pass my statistics class in the other class they were accepting me into the program. I was ecstatic because I'm an older, older-ish person going into nursing. And so I couldn't take the route of going to a university and applying and taking more classes because it would have been another couple years before I even got into a nursing program, let alone a couple years before I, longer before I graduated. So it was all like these miracles after miracles of happening and I got into the nursing program and then it was game on. It was eating, breathing, living school and thankfully I had amazing people pull through for me, friends to help me watch my kids, my parents watch the kids Um, and I was separated with my now ex-husband and I get about more a little over halfway through the nursing program and I end up going through I pursued a divorce with my now ex-husband I just can't do one thing at a time I realize I have to do things (laughs) stacked upon each other so I ended up getting a divorce my fourth quarter into the nursing program and then I had two more quarters left or quarter left I don't remember I think there was five or six quarters and then I graduated and I hit a mental emotional wall because I was going to school year-round the nursing program was year-round and two of the semesters were in the summer and the summer is accelerated and it's extremely difficult because you go to class in between your breaks and classes you're doing schoolwork you're cramming food down your throat then when you are done with your classes you're studying more you're going home you're doing homework that's due the next day and then you're you're reading as much as you possibly can to through these massive textbooks so i was listening to my nursing books all the time and I was driving in the car because I had them on audiobooks and I was constantly studying with friends and eating, eating, living, breathing nursing school. But it was my passion. It was my love and it's what I wanted to do. And even though it was extremely difficult and I never ever want to go through nursing school again, I'm glad that I finally did it. I graduated and I was so happy I shortly after graduation got a job, which is where I work now, and I've been there for a few years, and I absolutely, absolutely love it. Um, It's been very difficult with all that's happened in the world with the coronavirus, um, with COVID, and but at the same time, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I absolutely love my coworkers. And I love what I do. And guess what? Full circle comes around from fifth grade till now. I get to work on the cardiac transplant unit. And so I get to specialize in things with the heart, which is amazing to me. I love it. And I love everything that I learn about it and that I continue to learn about it because it's an endless pit of knowledge that I will never learn everything when it comes to to the human heart and everything that we can do with it and medications and but I love it I love it all and I'm not sure where I'm going to go with my career from this point forward I've still been thinking a lot about it I'm finishing up my 
bachelor's degree online and I will be done um, come early springtime. But I know that that's not the finish line for me. I know that I have more schooling to do. Surprise, surprise, talking to the person who didn't ever like school. But I've worked really hard for where I've gotten and I'm glad that I made the sacrifices. I'm glad that I had the support and I'm grateful to the people who have supported me mentally, emotionally, physically in every way. And I've loved the friends that I've made along the way and I love, I love what I do. And I tell my patients all the time, you know, they'll ask me, how long have you been a nurse? And I'll tell them, oh, you know, like a few years. And they're like, wow, I would have thought you were a nurse longer than that. And I've told them my history in the medical field. But I always tell them, this isn't a job. This is my passion. And I love what I do. And and I'm there for them. More than anything, I'm there for them in the human connection. And especially now when families cannot come up to the hospital we are their quote-unquote adopted family or their temporary family and so I find it a great privilege to help people to serve people to be there for people in their greatest time of need sometimes so now what I promised that I would share with you is that how I wanted to change some things up I was listening to a podcast by a neuroscientist and uh, it was one done with Brene Brown. I absolutely love listening to her podcasts. But he talks about how the brain is plas- pl- it's like plasticity. It's constantly changing. And so he says like from the beginning of a conversation to an end of, end of a conversation, your brain has physically changed. And it's constantly changing. It's constantly adapting. And so he said that it's important to challenge yourself and challenge your brain to do something different. So I thought it would be great to kind of just take you along on as if you were sitting right next to me or hanging out with me for the day for my next podcast. And I'm not going to make it an all-day podcast, but I definitely will give you glimpses into what my day looks like and how I choose to do it Um And I don't know, maybe that will help you, Um, maybe not, but I just think it would be kind of fun to, instead of going from my past and bringing it forward, I just will bring you into my current life and let you know what it's like. So I'm going to try to find a day that is average, what I do on an average day, and then a day um, after work. Uh, and you know, I will definitely keep the respect and not violate HIPAA, but I will love to share with you all these different facets of my life, of being a mom, of being just Jenny and being a nurse and being a wife. And yeah, you heard that, uh, I have since gotten remarried and so since my original divorce um, to a different person, but I would love to share more of who I am and my journey on this life of just learning to love myself and to be happy and have hope and to strengthen my self-worth because we all have it in, within us and we also can't do this alone. And so... If I can just be a friend to someone, if I can just be a guiding light and some hope, that's all I would hope for. So I hope you guys have a fabulous day. Thanks for stopping by and listening. I'll talk to you later. Welcome back to my podcast, Learning to Love Myself. I was going to release a podcast that I had recorded last week for this week's episode But last night I had a pivotal moment happen for me and so I decided to change directions today. I was going to share my podcast on how I became a nurse and why I became a nurse. And last night as I was laying in bed, I started to feel really, really alone. And I 
needed some time to cry and to think about it. And so I also thought, I bet there are a lot of people out there probably feeling a lot of the same feelings I am for lots of different reasons. But maybe me talking about my feeling alone and loneliness could help somebody else um, see a different perspective if they're facing the same feelings. So obviously I looked around for a quote and there was a couple quotes that I found that I think are really good and then I wanted to go on to tell you about how I got to that moment of feeling alone and what I'm doing about it. So the first quote I could not find an author for, but I really liked it. It says, sometimes you find yourself in the middle of nowhere and sometimes in the middle of nowhere you find yourself. And then the other one is... I'm probably going to really butcher the name, and for that I really apologize. Um, but it's by Gulamur Gulamo Maldonado. <laughs> like I said, I'm probably going to, I butchered it. I'm sure I did, and I apologize for that. But I love his quote. He said, loneliness is not lack of company. Loneliness is lack of purpose. So let me tell you about what led me up to feeling really alone. The last couple days I've had off of work and my kids are going into school most of the days in the week. Um, With COVID happening, our schedules have been changed around Um, with them going to school and then not going to school but currently they are going into school and I've had the last couple days off of work and so I've had a lot of time to myself Um, on Monday and Tuesday of this week I went out running I went for a run And on Monday, I went for a run and it felt really good and I didn't push myself too hard. But on Tuesday, I decided, you know, I want to go for a run and mentally I was there. But as soon as I started the run, I could tell I just physically wasn't feeling up to it. But I pushed, like I pushed myself to do a really long run for me and I knew about three miles in that I had made a mistake to take my longer route but I also wasn't going to stop because I didn't I felt like if I was going to stop I was going to fail myself that's what I felt even if it wasn't true and I, my leg started hurting on the inside of my knee and down my leg. And part of that was because I hadn't stretched from the day before's run. And I just thought, you know, I will get home. And when I get home, I'm just going to take it easy. But I ended up walking a couple different times. And I just thought, you know, I really need to listen to my body and not push it really hard. And I still completed my really long run. Um, So at that point, I became physically drained. And then on Wednesday, I decided to let my body relax and take a day of rest. And I rolled out my muscles with my rolling stick. And I did some stretching. And I just took it really easy physically. And I tried to eat decently well and just take a day off but I hit a wall Um, I other than getting out to run to get some physical exercise 
and run a few errands, like go into the grocery store to get some things that I needed to make dinners. I didn't do a whole lot of interacting with other people and I just took it really easy. And for me, that's really hard to do because I feel like I'm being really lazy if I do that. I feel like I'm in some ways being worthless. I mean, these are the things that I tell myself, right? And I just, I felt like everything just compounded. Um... You know, and really the only interactions that I've had with people are either over the phone or through social media apps, which I don't really use very, very often, and with my family. And so I became very isolated. I isolated myself. And in that last night, as I was going to bed, I was just feeling really alone and I felt like I wanted to journal my feelings in that moment, but I didn't. But I just laid there and I just decided I was going to allow those emotions to come out and so I cried a little bit and in that I felt really sad during that moment but I needed to release those emotions and not let them stay bottled up inside me and then shortly after I started to feel a little better and then I started thinking to myself last night and this morning especially last night I started saying to myself you get to decide how you live your life. Nobody else is deciding that for you. You get to, you've made all your choices and these things didn't happen to you. You chose these things, right? Like I choose my day. I choose what I do in my day and I can't place that responsibility on anybody else but myself. And even if it is like, let's say a hard day, I get to choose my feelings about that for the most part or I get to choose how I think about it excuse me and so I started thinking a lot about that like look you're having this feeling of feeling really alone but are you really alone and I'm not and even if I am alone because I choose to be because I choose to spend a lot of time by myself. Um, that is my choice, right? In the past, I used to think like people just don't want to spend time with me. I don't have a lot of friends or I'm not doing a lot of things. And that wasn't true at all. I mean, I get to decide if I want to be a friend. I shouldn't wait around for people to be friends with me. And I've had different experiences. I've lived both the West Coast and the East Coast. And I have noticed a difference between the way people are and and my friendships with people. And... I had some really great experiences with friends living on the East Coast and they became just like family for me and I had a group of friends that I hung out with a lot and we did a lot of things together and I had a lot of fun. I love to socialize. I love to hang out with people. I love to do things and it's hard for me when people are busy and don't have time And, or if they only have a little bit of time, you know, so I try to put myself out there. I try to be accessible for people and to do things, but I have found as I've gotten older that I, if I want to do something, I just need to do it, whether or not somebody's available or not. 
When I was younger, it was a lot easier to find people to do things with. But as I've gotten older and there are people who are married or who have kids or have careers, it's it's like friends are harder to come by, like true good friends and ones that have the time to hang out and do things and to talk. And so I've had to learn how to be alone and be okay with that. And it is okay because nobody honestly owes me anything. Um, but it has been a hard journey for me to learn how to be alone and be okay with that. You know, because I find that it's a lot more fun to go with somebody, to go on a hike, or to go out to lunch. But I have found when I choose to do those things by myself, I actually learn a lot about who I am being alone in those situations. When I'm with other people, it's easy to distract myself from from really learning about who I am um but you know it's it's good to have people around and it's good to also learn how to be alone so i think what i just really wanted to share today was it's okay if you're feeling alone and you're honestly not alone. I I know that there's a lot of people out there struggling with connection and feeling alone for various reasons. I mean, some of the obvious ones are the restrictions put on on states and counties and all that for COVID. And a lot of the social aspects have been severely limited or taken away temporarily and some of them even permanently. And so we have to find a new normal. And I think for me, it hasn't affected me the same way as I see it affecting other people because... I've been able to practice being alone many, many years before um, this situation arised. So go out there, learn to be alone with yourself. Learn about yourself. Learn about what your identity really is, who you are, the things that you love or don't love. Try something new. Be adventurous. Be your best friend because at the end of the day, you should be your, be your own best friend because there's no guarantees in this life about who's going to be in your life and how they're going to be in your life. And the only person that you can really choose in your life that you know is going to have your back and be there for you all the time is yourself. I think that's something that I've learned from my experience with getting a divorce. You know, the first time around, I was, or I thought I was marrying my best friend. Someone who would stay by my side and that we would go through this life together. And life changes. People change. And people's desires change. And that's, that's a good thing. Because we should be changing all the time. We should be evolving and we should be becoming different and better than we were the day before or months before or years before. Learning from ourselves and from our environment and taking the good and carrying it with us and learning to shut off the things that don't benefit us or those around us. But in that, and all that change, people can choose out of, an, out of a marriage. People can choose out of a relationship in any form, a friendship. 
And just because people are your family, your blood family, doesn't mean that they will always be in your life. I come from a family where I have siblings, but they're not really in my life and they never really have been. And so I, you know, even if I call them up, there's no guarantee that they're going to answer the phone or return a text message. And so I don't have a close relationship with my siblings. And I have friends, but the ones that are really there for me don't necessarily live really close to me. And so I've had to really learn how to spend my time and be wise with my time. But I am proud of myself because last night as I was staying in that place of feeling really alone and feeling really sad about that. I'm glad that I was able to take the courage and shift my perspective from I'm alone, I'm really alone, and in a way kind of putting myself as a victim to it. Stepping out of that and and taking taking control of my situation, taking control of my thoughts and saying to myself, look, I'm going, I get to choose. I get to choose my day. I get to choose my life. And I get to choose how I think about it. And I'm not going to allow feeling alone to take over my life and control me. I'm going to allow myself to feel it, but then I'm going to I'm going to step forward and I'm going to do something productive and happy and good. And I'm going to continue my journey on learning how to be alone, but really thriving in being alone, not just trying to survive life, but I really want to thrive in life. I was in survival mode for a good portion of my life and when my situation forced me to really survive on my own I didn't want to stay there I I was not okay just settling on a life of almost drowning all the time and just barely staying afloat I wanted to, in a way, stand on top of that water and see all the amazing things that are out there in this world and not just have to focus on taking the next breath, treading that water. I wanted to see the sunrises and the sunsets. I wanted to feel the warmth of the sun. I wanted to see the skies. I wanted to see everything that was out there and truly be alive and really thrive in life. And for me, the way I've been able to do that is to honestly look at myself and be honest with myself and take ownership and not be a victim to my feelings, not be a victim to my circumstances take ownership, and choose for myself what I really want in life. So this is what I'm choosing to share with you all today. And I'm being really honest and vulnerable that life isn't always always feeling happy. And life isn't always being able to see the beautiful things in this world. If I were to wait around for life to be that way for me, I would have very, very few moments in life where I'd feel really happy and a lot of moments where I wouldn't. So I've had to take the initiative in my life and make those moments happen. Choose 
to slow down and see the beautiful things. Trying to look at the glass half full and not half empty. And it's made a world of a difference for me. Instead of looking out there in the winter months thinking, oh man, it's only light for seven hours today, I can look out there and say, the sun is out, it's beautiful. I'm going to go out and get some fresh air. I'm going to go take care of myself. And today is a new day and I get to make today what it's going to be. That's the story I choose to tell myself now. Choosing to be kind to myself, loving to myself. Trying to see the beautiful things in this world. Because they are always there, no matter the circumstances. There's beautiful things out there always to remind us how beautiful life really is. And to remind us to be happy and notice the small things. So I all, I hope that you all have had an amazing week that you give yourself a lot of grace that you choose to love yourself that you choose to thrive in life and not let your circumstances define who you are or to pull you down you are not victim to your circumstances or to your life you get to be the author of your life. You get to narrate it. You get to define it and decide it. Even if there are things out of your control. And whatever the circumstances, know that you are truly not alone, that you are loved, that you matter because we all matter. And I hope you have a fabulous week. I'll talk to you next week.